0: Welcome to Come Follow Me with Brie, episode 181, The Commandments of Men. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. All right, we're back to our regular episodes. I want to first apologize, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Just like the dog barking the other day, my husband is playing with my kids in the driveway in front of our house, and I can hear them. I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear them, but I can hear them, but I don't want to tell them to stop because they're being cute. So if you can hear them, just imagine how cute they are playing soccer in our driveway. Also, on a side note, I wanted to bring something up that I brought up several months ago. I'm not actually sure how long ago I mentioned it to you guys, but I wanted to ask you guys a favor. So for a long time, I have wanted to start a separate podcast from this one where I do a daily reading of the Book of Mormon. And I literally wouldn't even be commentary. It would just be I would read a chapter of the Book of Mormon every day. I think it's so needed in our world. I think far more then anyone needs to hear me talk my own thoughts. We need to hear the word of the Lord as it was written. And the Book of Mormon was written for our day. And I really, really want to be able to do this. However, if I'm really going to do that, read the entire Book of Mormon and kind of have it on repeat throughout the years, I need to make sure I have permission from the church. So I'm a little nervous about it. I'm hoping that they say yes, (laughs) but I have to put in a submission to uh tell them what I want to do and get permission for that. So if you guys could all say a prayer for me that whoever gets that request, however this ends up working out, that if it's heavenly father's will that that can happen. So thank you so much for that. Okay, let's get to our topic for today. This week the chapters that we are reading is Matthew chapters 15 through 17 and Mark chapters 7 through 9 and I will also be posting a companion episode where you can hear me read those chapters to help you make sure you get your reading done for this week. We are kind of jumping around because we went forward or I guess forward in the Savior's life in order to cover Easter. And now we're going back to where we were before. So I picked a scripture that really stood out to me that I want to talk about. It's Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse eight. The Savior's talking to his disciples. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So listen to that last part, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. We have all heard something that could be put into that category before. In fact, I can't remember anything specifically, but I know that I have been someone who has said something that could be put into that category. The canonized doctrine of the church is very simple and very straightforward. When we start doing the things the Lord is talking about here— Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, we create a stumbling block for ourselves and for those around us. We just read in Third Nephi last week how the Saviour feels about adding to his doctrine with your own philosophies, Third Nephi chapter eleven verse forty and whoso shall declare more or less than this and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil and is not built upon my rock. But he buildeth upon a sandy foundation, and the gates of hell stand open to receive such when the floods come and the winds beat upon them. Now, right before he said this, he defined what his doctrine actually is. This is, again, 3rd Nephi, chapter 11, starting in verse 31. Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, I will declare unto you my doctrine." And this is my doctrine, and it is the doctrine which the Father hath given unto me, and I bear record of the Father, and the Father beareth record of me, and the Holy Ghost beareth record of the Father and me, and I bear record that the Father commandeth all men everywhere to repent and believe in me. Okay, so that's the first doctrine, repent and believe in me. And whoso believeth in me and is baptized, so baptism, the same shall be saved. And they are they who shall inherit the kingdom of God. So baptism is the way to salvation. And whoso believeth not in me is not baptized shall be damned. Verily, verily, I say unto you that this is my doctrine, and I bear record of it from the Father. And whoso believeth in me believeth in the Father also. And unto him will the Father bear record of me, for he will visit him with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And thus will the Father bear record of me, and the Holy Ghost will bear record unto him of the Father and me. For the Father and I and the Holy Ghost are one. And I say unto you again, ye must repent and become as a little child, And be baptized in my name, or ye can in no wise receive these things. And again, I say unto you, ye must repent and be baptized in my name and become as a little child, or ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you that this is my doctrine and whoso buildeth upon this buildeth upon my rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Okay. So pretty simple. Christ says his doctrine is that you need to repent. And be baptized on his name and becometh as a little child. Pretty simple, right? I try really hard on this podcast not to include my own philosophies because they are not doctrine. And that happens a lot within the church. Within the church, we create our own quote commandments that aren't really doctrine. We measure ourselves against these imagined commandments and we measure others against these imagined commandments. I think over the years, the church as a whole has gotten a whole lot better at this. And President Nelson has been amazing at getting us to be higher and holier in this way, to live the gospel in a way that's more about your personal relationship between you and the Savior, not so much about checklists and precise rules. We are being held to a higher standard. I think about the Old Testament. The Israelites were given really precise ways to serve the Lord, really stringent rules. And then throughout the years, the Jews built upon that To an extent that it was even beyond what the Lord even required, or not just that he didn't require it. He didn't even want them to be doing those additional things, making living the gospel cumbersome. But the people of the Lord have evolved since then. We had the Old Testament with the law of Moses, then Jesus Christ fulfilling the law of Moses and revealing the law of the gospel. And then in the Lord's restored church, we have the fullness of the gospel. And as time goes on, as the church is being perfected, as it's being refined, we are moving to a higher and holy way of living the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's amazing. But it also means we need to sincerely evaluate our own behavior and decide with the spirit as our partner, what we should or shouldn't be doing. This is a truly greater expectation of our agency. We are expected to counsel with the Lord and decide what our own personal standards are, to some extent. We, of course, still have lots of things that we are actually told we should or shouldn't be doing. But in general, in the minutiae of things, we get to decide. And that can work out well for us if we're using the Spirit and we're really counseling with the Lord and becoming like a little child in all humility, willing and wanting to, to stay as close to Him as possible. But it also can be a challenge. It can be a way that we end up moving farther away from the Lord if we just take it to mean that there are no standards and that we don't, we can kind of just do what we want without counseling with the Lord. And only you and the Lord know your heart. So it's our job to decide for ourselves, to monitor ourselves, to evaluate ourselves. And aside from that, pretty much mind our own business. Now, of course, there are stewardships to consider. There's bishops as he counsels with with his ward, his flock, and takes care of them. He has been given power and authority to exercise righteous judgment. And as parents, when you have children, you are able to help your children come up with the standards that, that they should be living by. But as a general member of the church, it's not any of our business to be deciding if other people's way of living the gospel is up to our standards or not. Or really, more importantly, up to the Lord's standards or not. I remember growing up in the church, a few of these rules that weren't really rules. The most well-known one that I can think of is that we don't drink drinks that have caffeine in it. While those drinks certainly aren't good for you, it's not a commandment. Another that I thought of is keeping the Sabbath day holy. I grew up hearing a whole long list of things that we should or shouldn't be doing on Sunday. Now, I think I understood when I was younger that those things weren't commandments, but they were certainly rules that we followed. And I still think most of those things that I I thought of as far as what to do and not do on the Sabbath, they still feel right to me, but I very clearly know that they are not commandments. And as I discern with the spirit what I should or shouldn't be doing, my Sundays are actually held up to a higher standard than they were before when I was just kind of following a little trivial guideline about what the Sabbath day is supposed to look like. And I could check off that I am going to church. I'm not going to the store on Sunday or whatever. The actual doctrine is we are simply commanded to keep the Sabbath day holy. And it's up to us to sincerely counsel with heavenly father and decide what that should look like. Another thing I thought of is growing up, I was told that we didn't wear two piece bathing suits, but that's not doctrine. In fact. I'm finding as my girls are getting older that there are a lot of two-piece swimsuits that I consider to be more modest than the one-piece swimsuits. So again, it's up to us to counsel with Heavenly Father and decide what that should look like. And of course, that doesn't mean that there is no standard, but it's a standard that you need to decide with the spirit yourself. Another thing is I was told growing up never to say no to a calling. Is that doctrine? Nope. I could keep going on forever and ever, and I know that you guys get the point. So my question for us today is, are we upholding false commandments? Are we being like the Pharisees and Sadducees? Are we creating extra steps, extra, extra stumbling blocks for ourselves and for the people around us? Are we making the gospel more complicated than it was ever meant to be? And back to the scripture that we read, would the savior's words apply to you? And whoso shall declare more or less than this and establish it for my doctrine The same cometh of evil and is not built upon my rock, but he buildeth upon a sandy foundation and the gates of hell stand open to receive such when the floods come and the winds beat upon them. When we uphold and focus on false doctrine, the Lord teaches us here that it weakens us. We are building on a sandy foundation that cannot stand. Now, there is false doctrine within the church culture, not the institution of the church itself, but church culture, but there is also false doctrine, of course, outside of the church. President Uchtdorf said this in his talk entitled The Way of the Disciple. The world is not bashful in offering numerous new answers to every problem we face. People run from one new idea to the next, hoping to find something that will answer the burning questions of their souls. They attend seminars and buy books, CDs, and other products. They get caught up in the excitement of looking for something new. But inevitably, the flame of each new theory fades, only to be replaced by another new and improved solution that promises to do what the others before could not. It's not that these worldly options don't contain elements of truth. Many of them do. Nevertheless, they all fall short of the lasting change we seek in our lives. After the excitement wears off, the hollowness remains as we look for the next new idea to unlock the secrets of happiness. There is no shortage of people in the world claiming to have the secret of life. I know that I see self-help gurus on social media that preach so much while including elements of truth. Wasn't it Nephi that said that the devil will lead us carefully down to hell? These self-help gurus preach self-love as the answer to everything when it is not. Jesus tells us to love ourselves, but he knows that the answer is not within ourselves. The answer is in him. The answer is in serving him through serving others. The self-help gurus tell you that you are enough, when by yourself, you are not. You need the Savior to make up the difference. Pop culture is inundating us with the message that our sexual or gender identity defines us, that that is who you are. But the Lord defines us as sons and daughters of God. That is truly who you are, and that defines you. Political culture tells us that we must choose a side. And then worship at the altar of that side or that political party. When really the only side that's worthy of worship is God's. That doesn't mean that we aren't actively involved in politics, but it should never become our false idol or that it's without flaw. In chapter 16 of Matthew, starting in verse 6, it says Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Leaven is the yeast, it's what makes bread rise. And even a little bit of yeast can spread throughout an entire loaf. Christ is warning his disciples of the philosophies of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When you let any of their false doctrine into your heart, it can easily spread. None of these so-called modern philosophies of men are the answer to anything. The made-up cultural commandments of the church are not what we should be building our discipleship on. Those false commandments are a sandy foundation. The philosophies of the world that we talked about some of it might feel true. It might feel good. And that actually, that goes with the, the cultural commandments, so-called commandments of the church as well. Some of them, they're not bad, but you can't build your discipleship on it. You can't build your testimony on it. And you can't judge others based on those, those false doctrines, those fake commandments, but especially as pertains to the doctrines of the world. We are warned in the last days that Satan will turn things upside down, and he certainly is. Good will appear evil and evil good. If you are using just your own intellect to try to discern between the two, you will not be able to. You need the Holy Ghost to give you that spirit of discernment. Your own intellect is what brings you to that sandy foundation wherein you will fall. President Nelson has warned us, the adversary is clever. For millennia, he has been making good look evil and evil look good. His messages tend to be loud, bold, and boastful. I really like that, that characteristic of what his messages tend to look like, because I know as I hear things, that spirit of loud, bold, and boastful is easy to identify. He continues, however, messages from our Heavenly Father are strikingly different He communicates simply, quietly, and with such stunning plainness that we cannot misunderstand him. The only answer is Jesus. Let's end with Elder Uchtdorf. The gospel of Jesus Christ has the answers to all of our problems. The gospel is not a secret. It is not complicated or hidden. It can unlock the door to true happiness. It is not someone's theory or proposition. It does not come from man at all. It springs from the pure and everlasting waters of the creator of the universe, who knows truths we cannot even begin to comprehend. And with that knowledge, he has given us the gospel, a divine gift, the ultimate formula for happiness and success. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.